Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er. I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is o'er. of you. I'm so glad that you've come to be in the Lord's house today. Let's open up with prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and Lord, we thank you for each brother and sister in Christ that has chosen to come and worship you this morning. I pray that you'd bless them for the time set aside. I pray that you administer to their hearts and souls that they might draw nearer to you. And Lord, I pray that it, all that we say and do in our prayers, our songs, our Bible study, all that transpires, we desire to exalt you and lift you up. Please be with those who can't be with us, that might be live streaming. I pray that you would bless them, minister to their hearts as well. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated.
Would you please stand and together we're going to lift up our voices. We're going to sing a new song to some of you. This one's called Who You Say I Am. Those of you who've been to youth camp, we've done this one many times before. And we've sung this one as a special a couple of times. Don't worry, I'll lead you just like I've done before. I won't leave you hanging, okay? I promise. All right, it goes something like this. Ready? Here we go. Who am I at the highest
the Savior alone carried the cross for all of my debts. He paid the cost, salvation complete, now forever I'm free, Calvary covers it I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to the book of Numbers in your Old Testament, Numbers chapter 13. The first part of this week, we took a group of folks from our church and we went down to Lancaster, Pennsylvania to go to the Sight and Sound Theater. Uh, if you've never been, you should go. It is amazing. It, they do all Christian uh, productions. It's a massive stage. Massive theater, so big that when 
the Egyptian soldiers came in to go up on the platform. One of them rode a horse coming up through. Um, it's just a massive thing. It's a very, very impressive and moving to go and see biblical stories lived out uh, in such a way. But we went and we went to see uh, Moses and it was a great presentation. But it also, anytime I ever watch a production that's based upon Bible, because I'm a pastor, because I'm a preacher, because my whole life, adult life, has been invested in reading the Bible, teaching the Bible, ministering to people, I look at those things and I think to myself, wow, where did they get that? <laughs> um, and no different this time too. Several things that, that were in the production, I thought to myself, hmm, not quite sure where that came from, but that's okay uh, because it's not the Bible that I'm watching. I've got the book, amen? But I wanted us to go back today and I, I want us to go back to an account in the scriptures about Moses that really teaches us a life lesson. And we find it here in Numbers chapter 13. We find where it's so important for us to listen to instruction. Listen to detail. Do what we've been asked to do, especially by the Lord. Because the impact can be so great. Uh, if we're not careful, we think, well, I don't really matter. My decision doesn't matter. What I do doesn't have an effect. But you're absolutely wrong. The things we say, the things we do, whether we obey or don't obey the Lord and how we go about them, all matter. They touch other people's lives. And that's exactly what we see in this account. We come to Numbers chapter 13 and it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. So what we find here is God gives Moses a simple command. Because God's goal, his desire, is for Moses to lead the people of Israel into the promised land, promised by God long before now. Moses was simply told, I need you to go ahead and send into the country some gentlemen, some leaders, leaders out of every tribe. Go into the countryside and I want you to look and observe and see what is there. God had already promised them that he was going to give them the land. He'd already promised them victory. He wasn't looking for anything more or less than a simple military action to go in and scout out, search, prepare yourself because you're getting ready to go into battle. God had already promised them victory. It's important for us to grasp that and understand that. In fact, look with me at the book of Exodus, if you would. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. You come down and it says to us, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. 
And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to, the, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. So God had told them, he said, listen, I know who already lives there. I know what kind of warriors they are. I know how big they are. I know how mighty they are. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to give you that land. But here he tells Moses, I do need you to go out and just look at it. I, want, uh, I used to have a, a, a pastor friend. He's passed away now, but he was a military officer. Uh, and he used to say, well, I'm going to go and reconnoiter. And I had to look up the word <laughs> reconnoiter. Uh, I'm sure out here there's some military person or history buff who knows the word reconnoiter. And it simply means to go out and to explore and to investigate the land ahead of you to go into battle. That's what God had asked Moses to go ahead and prepare to do. To go and take that which laid ahead. So Moses gives a command to the men. And we're going to pick it up. And I'm going to read it to you starting down at verse 17. And I just want you to note the difference between the Lord simply telling Moses, send a leader from every tribe to go in and see the land. He'd already promised the land to them. But listen to what Moses says to them in verses 17 down through 20 of the same chapter. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land and what it is and the people that dwelleth therein. If he had stopped there, it would have been enough. Because that's what God had told him. God had gone ahead and told him, I want you to rise up some guys, good leaders out of every tribe, that they might go into the country and that they might see it. But that's not where Moses stopped. Listen again as we pick up in verse 18. To see the land, uh, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be in that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So when we look at this, we find that what Moses did is he heard a simple command, a simple directive, but he took it and he just kept talking. Have you ever seen that happen? Where you sit down with somebody and you go ahead and you, and what should be a nice, short, simple conversation turns into so much more. And if you're not careful, you say so much, you say way too much. Has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. It's kind of like when you go to the DMV and they start asking you questions. They don't want to know your whole driving career. They don't want to know about the time you got pulled over. They don't want to know about all your infractions. They just want to know the information. But the farther you get in, now they're thinking to themselves, 
should I be giving this person a license? Can they really drive? It's kind of like when we get older, and I'm not quite there yet, some of you maybe are there, but you go to your doctor and you sit down and you start talking to the doctor, and you tell them everything that's wrong with you, but then you tell them so much more. And by the time you're checking out, he's thinking, mm, they might be ready to check out. <laughs> they might not be able to drive anymore. Maybe they can't do this. Maybe they shouldn't do that. Should somebody walk you out to your car? Do you need a walker or a wheelchair? Just keep talking and talking and talking and talking until you say so much more than you need to say. That's what Moses does here. God had simply told Moses, send some guys, I want you to go and look at where you're going to go. God had already told him it's a land of milk and honey. But Moses says to the folks, go and see whether it's a lean land or a plenteous land. See, he's questioning what he was told. And you and I in our lives, we can learn so much by just looking at the mistakes of others in the Bible. So we look here at verse 19 and we see, and Moses says to them, look and see what the land is that they dwell in. Whether it's good or bad, God had already told them it was a good place. What the cities may be, whether they dwell in tents or strongholds, it's irrelevant because God had already told them he was going to give it to them. Look at the land in verse 20, he says, whether it be fat or lean, God already told them it was plenteous. Whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. So as Moses just goes into this, he just keeps on and on until he's actually given these guys excuses why not to take the land. Because God had already promised them. But now Moses has kind of given them a checklist where they can go down and they can say, well, I don't know, these are big walled cities. And these are mighty warrior people. And start checking off why they don't need to obey God. You and I, on the other hand, we're really called to trust and obey. We sing the song, trust and obey. Because we know that we should just listen to the things of the Lord and obey the things of the Lord. Moses kind of got tripped in this. Tripped up. When we look at verses 26 down through 33, listen to what takes place. And they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And I think that's great. Absolutely. They came back with a, a cluster of grapes they had to carry between two men. That is amazing. That's encouraging, isn't it? This morning we had men's prayer breakfast and Mitch Zizelinski was my helper. So he came down and he brought a whole bunch of fresh fruit. And so while I was making pancakes and some other things, he was cutting up fresh melon, fresh apples, some blueberries. Don't you wish you to come to men's prayer breakfast, huh? <laughs> So he cut up all this wonderful fruit. So good. So encouraging. If they'd have stopped there, they'd have done just right, wouldn't they? People would have looked and said, wow, look at that. Look at that fresh fruit. We've been living on manna. 
out in the wilderness. Let's get up and let's go. But that's not where it stops, is it? Look what takes place as we come down into verse 27. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us. And surely, surely, yes, it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, and that's the word that makes us all stop in our tracks. That's the word that struck fear in the people's hearts. That's the word that God never told Moses to go ahead and give. So he says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Do you remember that when I read you the text where God had told him he was going to give him the land, he told them who was in the land. He listed it out for them. He knew exactly what kind of warrior people laid ahead. These guys start laying it out for Moses and the people. He says there are great cities, walled cities, very great, he says in verse 28. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, they dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites. They dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. All things God already knew. All things that God had already addressed. All things that were not a concern to God. But they were to these men who'd gone in. Why? Because Moses had told them, go in. And look at whether these men are great and mighty, whether they're cities or tents or walled cities. Moses had opened up the door for the confusion and the mistake to be made. Is it going to matter? Is it a small thing? Well, let's wait and see. Let's go a little farther down. Verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people and said, let us go up at once. And possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. And I'm saying, yay, Caleb. That's exactly what God had said to have happen. Go, Caleb. But look at what takes place. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. So they went down that checklist. Remember I told you Moses had just kept talking. He kept saying far more than he needed to say. Far more than he was told to do. And they had created for themselves a little checklist. And here they're checking it off. These people in this land, we, we are not greater than they. We're not able to take them. There's no way we can take this. But God had already told them, you are able. I will give it to you. I'm going to set you free from Egypt. And I am going to give you this land of promise. Look at verse 33. They said to the people, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants, 
And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They struck fear into the hearts of the people. Where God had tried to instill faith, these men instilled fear. Look at verse 1 of chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. You see, there was a disastrous effect from Moses' actions. You do make a difference. The things we say, the things we do, really do affect others. And sometimes in a great way, sometimes in a small way. Here, it almost seems a bit benign. Moses simply told these leaders of each tribe, go into the land. I want you to look at the cities. I want you to look at the soldiers. I want you to look at the bounty and I want you to come give a report. And we all think to ourselves, well, that's not a bad, that's a good thing to do. But it wasn't. Because he didn't do what he was asked to do. He did so much more. Now, sometimes we should go above and beyond. But we have to be wise enough to know to go above and beyond in the right, not in the wrong. Here, Moses, a man with a good heart, knew and loved the Lord, certainly loved the nation of Israel, absolutely wanted to see them free from Egypt, truly desired to see them go into the promised land. But because he just didn't do what God had asked him to do, all of a sudden he's got a whole nation of people who are crying and they're weeping. Verse 2 of chapter 14. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? So now they're saying, you know what? We might as well have just died in Egypt. They've kind of forgotten that it wasn't fun in Egypt. They said, well, we should have just died right here in the wilderness. Well, they were griping about the wilderness. They were griping about the water. They were griping about the food. Who knows? I'm sure they're griping about living in tents every day. I'm sure they're griping about the lack of porta potties and all that stuff. I'm sure there were lots of things to gripe about. But God had promised them the promised land. And he had given Moses such a simple command. And his mistake really had disastrous effect. When you go a little bit farther in chapter 14, look down with me at verse 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land? To fall by the sword that our wives and our children may be prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? So they start out, they're, they're crying, they're weeping, they're angry. They're murmuring against Moses, and yes, Aaron too. By the time we get to verse 3, now they're griping against God himself. It really is an effect. When we don't just do what we're supposed to do. When we just don't obey the Lord in the simple truth. When we try to complicate it. Moses complicated it. Verse 4, it says, And they said one to another, 
let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Wow. That has to really set in on you for just a moment. Because in Egypt, they're killing their baby boys. Remember? That's why they put Moses in the basket in the Nile. They're working them to death. They're not even providing straw for them to make their mud bricks anymore. They still have to make the same amount of bricks. Now find their own straw. They went ahead and on the way out, do you remember the sea coming in on the army? So when they go back, how do you think all those widows feel? Are they thinking to themselves, oh, the Egyptians are back, come on! No, they're thinking, aren't those those sorry slaves who ran away and all our husbands are dead in the bottom of the sea? These folks are saying, let's go back to the worst of the worst. Do you know sometimes that happens to people? The Apostle Paul talks about how he was so amazed that people would come to faith and then fall back away even as a dog goes to its own vomit. That's a harsh, harsh thing, isn't it? But Paul said that's what people do sometimes. And here, that's exactly what the Israelites are talking about. They're talking about going back to the worst of the worst. All because Moses just didn't simply say, go and check out the land we're getting ready to go take. As we come down, we see that things get even more complicated. Look down with me in chapter 14, verses 20 through 23. Because God is going to have to intervene. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, because the Lord had kind of thought about destroying and killing them all. And Moses had intervened and, and said, Lord, could you please spare them? And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I have sware unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. See, there were great consequences. There were great consequences to Moses not simply doing what he was asked to do by the Lord. You and I in our lives, there are many times when in our hearts we feel stirred to obey God in some area concerning something. And maybe we pull back or maybe we go to some extreme. When God is really simply asking us or stirring us to do what is his will. Exactly why Moses went so far, you'd have to know Moses to really understand. I think he probably had the greatest of intentions. But sometimes the greatest of intentions can lead to the greatest of destruction. 
And that's exactly what happens here. Look with me down to verses 28 and 29 of chapter 14. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Because you remember what they said? Oh, we should have just died in Egypt. Oh, we should have just died in the wilderness. So God says, so you said it, so it shall be. And all that generation from 20 years old and up perish in the wilderness before the Lord brings them into the promised land. What is the point? The point is that oftentimes we need to make sure that we listen to the Lord, that we obey the Lord in our lives. There are so many things, whether it be raising our children, being a good steward, uh, working as unto the Lord in our jobs, so many things, whether it be coming to worship or, or witnessing to friends and neighbors and others about salvation, whatever it may be, we should listen closely to what the Lord would have us do. And not only should we listen closely, we should do it according to his desire in our hearts and our lives. Our marriages would be better. Our children would be guided more according to his will. Our jobs would go better if we just were the workmen that God called us to be and instructed us to be. So many areas of our lives, our finances, we would be so much better off if we just learned to let God lead and guide. And we obeyed. Moses. It's not that he's not sincere. It's not that he's not a good man. He's a great man. A true man of God. But when we make mistakes, sometimes those mistakes have grave consequences. So you and I, as Christians, we look back in the scriptures. And the New Testament teaches us that the Old Testament is an example unto us. And it is loaded with texts that point us to Christ and point us to salvation, point us to the New Testament. And then there's also many, many texts in here that point us to the proper way to live and to treat others and how we should worship God. And we should read them and we should know them. We should apply them. It's important for us to do what God's called us to do. The book of James tells us we need to be more than hearers. We need to be doers of the word of God. The scriptures are not complicated. I know that sometimes it seems that way. But when we just sit down and take time to look at it, read it, and understand it, it's not that complicated. It's like salvation. People make it so complicated, don't they? When really, simply put... Jesus died for your sins and mine. And he simply asks us to yield ourselves to him. Lord, I am a sinner. 
and I ask you to be my savior. And in repentance, we turn from that sin and we turn to Christ and we receive him as our savior. How, how much more simple can you make that? But man does like Moses. They keep talking and they add to it. And they build upon it. And before long, what was the simple plan of salvation becomes a difficult, long, hard road. When Jesus says simply come, come unto me. When we look at these scriptures, we hear truth that we have to choose. Do I accept that truth? Or do I do it my own way? For whatever reason, Moses did it in his own way. And it really created massive sorrow and heartache. And you and I in our lives, let's step back and let's look at what God has called us to. And let's simply obey. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to close this in prayer, but I think John has a little chorus to wrap up the morning. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we go forth. I pray that you would guide and direct in all that we do. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you. In Christ's name I pray, amen. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atonement for sin and opened the the sun.